Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us on Startup Grind. Startup Grind is a platform where it allows entrepreneurs and to have a discussion, a healthy discussion about what does it mean to start or grow a business. And we're lucky today to have a discussion on cybersecurity. This month we're focusing on cybersecurity. And one of the things we would like to have is obviously make sure that our panelists here introduce themselves. I'm your host, Ferris Alamey, and part of international strategic management. We do entrepreneurship and small business development, mainly in underserved, underrepresented minority groups, supporting the organizations that deploy programs in these communities. And it's really my pleasure and privilege to be here with this panel. So we're going to talk about cybersecurity. So with that, we would like to discuss what is cybersecurity, how is it working, what are some of the challenges you know, companies or people are facing today, and of course, diversity in cybersecurity, recognizing that we have four guys <laughs> talking about cybersecurity, and uh, you know, I know there are lots of female and or other uh, that could potentially be part of the panel, but this is what we ended up with today. So we'll just address that as well as in a general sense. And then maybe we'll ask some few questions at the end about what can we done in education and workforce to ensure that there's a next generation of cybersecurity equipment, uh, equipping people with the right resources or organizations. So with that, we'll start. Maybe Terrence, you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll go from Terrence to Wayne and then from Wayne to Emmett. Um, so thank you for allowing me to be here today. My name is Terrence Campbell. I am a published uh, information security and instructional systems professional of about 35 years. I wear a couple of different hats. Um, most directly, I am a uh, EDD student in educational leadership at Tennessee State University, um, focusing on cybersecurity and learning analytics. As a graduate teaching assistant, I am assisting uh, the HBCU C2 uh, collective, which is 46 of the 103 HBCUs have come together with the mantra that we don't compete with each other, we complete each other. And so um, we are actually building um, the technical capacity of students to use Apple products to actually build the capacity of their institutions as well as the community through the lens of uh, cyber security. Aside from that, uh, we've been running a uh, faith-based HIV prevention agency for about uh, 26 years. We've done a ton of different um, things. We've got a collection of about 60 uh, peer-reviewed articles um, and scholarly artifacts. Um, and, and that's it. Aside from, oh, I forgot that I'm a cybersecurity certified teacher, K-12 teacher. So I will pass it on to Wayne. Uh, yep. Uh, my name is Wayne Boggs. I'm the uh, <clears throat> cybersecurity instructor <clears throat> for the uh, Hillsdale Area Career Center. I've been teaching in Michigan for 24 years, uh, nine of which were in, have been in cybersecurity in the CTE world. Uh, I currently have 36 students in my program, um, seven girls in my program as well. So that's very nice to see. Um, I also... Uh, work as an educational consultant for MICE, the Michigan Initiative for Cybersecurity Education, where uh, the last uh, year and a half with COVID and some other things going on, we've been working uh, as a second chance program for 
Cisco and MICE with the Ambassadors for Change program. And we are offering cybersecurity courses to um, some inner city students and young adults that have gotten in trouble and given them the option with, we've teamed up with a few judges and been able to kind of help their situation out and uh, remove some of the, the issues they had in, with their record and um, give the students the opportunity to have some educational background with cybersecurity. We're on phase three of our first year of our pilot program. And I'm currently uh, helping three students right now um, that have all been in trouble before. And they're right now they're working on getting their cybersecurity analyst um, certification um, through CompTIA. So we're moving right along and, and it's, it's working out great. All, all the funding that we received through this has come from Cisco um, and, and being able to do that. And I currently uh, instruct that at like 10 o'clock at night. So, so that's how we roll. So that, that's me. I'll pass it on to Emmett. Thank you, Wayne. Emmett McHenry. Um, I'm a, I am an entrepreneur. And I'm the kind of entrepreneur that looks at problems and tries to find problems that are impacting large groups of folk where we can create solutions to address those. Uh, historically, I am the founder of Network Solutions and founded uh, three or four other companies around the world, all focused on problems of a given nature. And always, always communications and information security has been a part of that. Uh, at Network Solutions, we did the some of the first security uh, communications products. Uh, our interoperability product called OpenLink was the first of its kind for TCP IP. Uh, we did SecureNet for the Intel community, et cetera. So been involved in security, com secure communications for a long time that now we focus on calling it cybersecurity. So same thing, different label, different time. Wayne, really impressed with, Wayne said something got my attention was what he's doing with folks who have had difficulties in the system and some rehabilitation and some skills training. We are working to, on one of our many product projects at the moment is in the data center space. And one of the things we want to do with that is we want to train folk. Let's give an example. In Baltimore City, there are small projects going with uh, cybersecurity training for very young people. I mean, coming out of junior high school into high school. One of the challenges is that people don't recognize that genius is proportionate to population. Um, mm. Plus or minus nutrition. Nutrition does <laughs> okay. okay. And um, our contention is, the problem is that smart is not cool anymore. So we want to be a part of making smart really cool. And we think a part of that process is that we need to go to the smart kids and bring them to the learning environment versus having parents be responsible for that because we don't want there to be any barriers to learning. So we can talk more about that as the day goes on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of the program with the, we were started out with um, 15 students selected by the judges. Um, the, the kids that we're dealing with, they don't, they don't have parents telling them that mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of on their own. So yeah, exactly. we spent, I, I personally spent a lot of, uh, probably more time on um, accountability than I did cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, just 
getting you to show up to class on time and things like that was, you know, teaching, uh, you know, the importance of being held accountable for what you're doing. And now the good thing is, is all the students that I'm working with now, they all have full-time jobs. You know, I don't, I don't have to deal with a lot of the things that we dealt with, you know, first, first phase, we kind of get, kind of got them straightened out and kind of like realized that the big thing with uh, cybersecurity and, you know, a lot of people get scared by the word cybersecurity. And I can tell you firsthand, all the students that I've dealt with, with the ambassadors for change program, they completely did not think they were capable of doing what we're doing. And once we got them in and sat them down and showed them how to do some of the things that quickly changed and evolved into, yeah, I can do this, you know, so that, that's a, that's a big deal. And that's where we where we have the shortage in Michigan for cybersecurity um, people. As we get to the high school level, and a lot of those kids think, "I can't do that," you know. They so play, they can play games competitively, right? Right. I, I can. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where I come in in terms of right. animation and uh, yeah. video game development as my hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teaching wide varieties of um, opportunities in cyber. I mean, of course, there's coding, of course, there's the bits and bytes, but there's the technical writing, you know, that goes into that. There's the, the graphics, you know, when we look at mm-hmm. stenography and all that kind of stuff, you know, folks are starting to put viruses in, gra- you know, in graphics and all of that kind of stuff. And then just storyboarding, you know, that they don't think about, you know, kind of deal and just really showing them, you know, step by step, hey, this is, you know, how you can do it to even include badging. So when they say, oh, I can't do it, it's like, okay, well, you got these badges right here, right? This is this is your name right here, right? And that says 90 out of 100. Oh, we didn't know we were, I know you didn't, but let's, let's continue to do this because from video gaming, um, they do a lot of the stuff already for A plus, net plus, and security plus. It's just not framed that way as well Indeed. as, you know what? Here's two books that you can get both of them cost $60. That's one video game. And you already know all of this stuff. So let's continue well, to have fun, but let's get ready for these certifications. So we can make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So we're already gaming. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> so so uh, thank you so much. Emmett, did you want to say something else before I? Uh... No, no, no. I'm, uh, we're, we're of like minds. The, okay. the, challenge in cybersecurity today, well, there's several levels of challenges, but on the operating side is to find the talent where the talent is. And I think there are two, what would appear to be extreme categories. So the young people coming up, get them interested before they become interested in things that could be destructive in their lives uh, because the talent is there. Talent will find something to do. It's going to be positive or negative. It will find something to do. And the other side that seems very foreign, we're going through a period when lots of folks are coming out of the military. There, too, is a huge audience of opportunity that we can address with training uh, that have some of the maturity issues that we talk about, that have the the order in their lives. Now we find ways to, to train them and get them excited about another mission, that mission being to protect individuals protect organizations, protect our nation, because the vulnerability of a company can become a vulnerability for the nation. It can spread, the virus is spread very rapidly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Amit. So you're starting us already off with challenges that we are facing and the opportunities to solve those challenges. Love that. 
I want to take us just a step back because when I hear cybersecurity, at least from my knowledge, it seems like such a broad term and it can cover all kinds of stuff from, you know, from protecting your personal things to protecting your business. So I'm going to just ask the, you know, maybe the dumb question here. And I feel it's really important that we set the stage. What is cybersecurity? And I'll let each, any of you take it any way you want to. But when I hear the word cybersecurity, what, what does it really mean? What is cybersecurity? Well, I like to tell in, in my classroom, we start out with basics. Um, we don't have to use the word cybersecurity, more like the word cyber safety. So educating young kids, especially like the middle school, where they start to learn all those little trinkets about video gaming and peer-to-peer online stuff, um, educating them on what is taking place, what could take place, how they could do wrong, how they can be, you know, keep themselves safe um, while they're online. And then we also take time out to educate the parents because we all know the kids know more than the parents do about this topic. Okay, so um, being able to educate the parents on exactly what they're doing um, one of the biggest things I stress to a lot of my parents is don't get too upset when they're playing video games all the time. You know, I said, yes, limit them and how much they do it, but they are learning so much about cybersecurity and IT in general by playing some of these types of games that, you know, most of those kids are going to turn into IT professionals. You know, it's not like they're going to, you know, turn into a, um, some game players sitting in their, in their basement. You know, a lot of the kids in my classroom right now, they, they know how to install and uninstall games, even through my firewalls, you know, so they have to take that knowledge that they have and yes, use it for good. But we also have to kind of play it safe and understand, you know, the possibilities and, you know, the ramifications of what could possibly happen if you're not paying attention. So cyber safety is where we start in my program and we later turn it into cybersecurity. Thank you for that, Wayne. Anyone else would like to add? So think about cybersecurity as far as cyber safety. What should you do? What shouldn't you do on the net, right? That's what we're talking about here or gaming or whatever else. Terrence, I see you want to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I defer to Emmett, um, given that, hmm. I mean, we got, I hope everybody that watches this understands the gravity of him being a part of this panel. Network Solutions is a top-tier provider of domain services, okay? And for him to be the founder, what a lot of folks, if you are not a historian, would not know. Um, so I can say, you know, but I, I definitely want to give him the opportunity to... Um, no, man. Go right ahead. You're doing well. Continue. Okay. So for me... I like cyber safety. The next piece I go is, is data, right? So at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're a lay person, whether you're a entrepreneur or whether you're a multinational organization like for GM Chrysler, right? And I'm saying that because Detroit is the home of the big three. Data is the most important asset that we have. Okay, and especially now that we're in, our, in a digitally connected, knowledge-driven society, cybersecurity for me is about protecting your data from unintentional or intentional 
manipulation, right? And so we talk about the cybersecurity triad, right? So that's confidentiality, integrity, and availability, okay? Either of those has colossal consequences, right? With respect to if it they modify that data. And so even like right now, um, as we go into the holiday season, right? We need to be very concerned about our data and how we're interacting with these web-based platforms in general, specifically e-commerce platforms. Um, if you are shopping online, I would suggest that you get a reloadable credit card rather than using your debit card, okay? Because they got credit card scammers everywhere. Folks are spoofing websites, all that kind of stuff, right? So if your credit, if that credit card gets compromised, they're not depleting your whole account. I'm also saying don't use cash apps, okay? Because cash apps have been proven not to be as secure as they can be. Love it. So, John, so, you're going to ask question, Ferris. Um, possibly people listening are not in the cyberspace. So, let's talk a little. We're really talking about electronic or digital communications in any platform. And the more important the, communi- the messages going across that platform, the higher the risk. We call it cybersecurity because of this all-inclusiveness of it. Um, and our challenge is, is to keep it, trying to keep it simple, recognizing there's a huge complexity in the infrastructure. I mean, the, the telecom companies historically are, are at the center of the communications, can see, can touch. And there are people who want to ride on what they can do, exploit what they can do. At the same time, they want to exploit what we users, senders, receivers of comms across this wide network, this global network. Uh, And therefore, we talk about this is the global comms security. (laughs) That's what we're fighting to to make happen, recognizing that the lowest point of any network, by that I mean, let's talk about supply chain just for a moment. You are General Motors and you are buying parts from Mary in Annapolis, Maryland or someplace. And you are communicating across the same network. Your electronics are coming together. When we solve the interoperability problem, we opened a door for potential security risk, right? And so now, if if Mary is attacked, and, and the attack might be a virus that gets there and just sits, does nothing for weeks, for months. And as her business grows in the chain with General Motors, it's activated. And the links between her and General Motors are already established. So she's got a bridge. (laughs) That virus has a bridge now, unless General Motors has put in place appropriate measures of defense. 
So it's that sort of thing. That we're, am I, gentlemen, correct me if you think I'm off base. In my no, opinion. this is excellent yeah. because that's yeah. exactly the scenario mm-hmm. that happened with uh, Target. Mm-hmm. You know, and other organizations they had with their, these advanced persistent threats is mm-hmm. what Emmett is. They, they just they just sit there. There's just like a virus. You know, they say that we have all these different um, but conditions in our body, right? That if folks, mm-hmm. if they didn't have this, uh, what is it, the HPV vaccine, that there's conditions in their body just if just the right trigger, mm-hmm. you could get shingles. So similar scenario. I love that. Yeah. I hope that uh, Ferris that addresses your question. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think we have three components uh, for my question now. So one was safety. The other one was data. The third Mm -hmm. one, you talked about messaging or information sharing. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I was trying to illustrate here, which clearly is very complex. And Emmett, you hit on it, right? Such Mm -hmm. a broader umbrella is hard to really pinpoint but i think what you guys gave with these three nuggets messaging you know safety and data it's mm-hmm. a, is a, you know it's a good way for at least to have this conversation today about those things and about what can be done from it what can we learn from it and then of course my focus throughout the whole conversation is about the business and the talent right because we're talking about startup grind here Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to, you know, to know that these things are so complex. We use in my space entrepreneurship ecosystem development. You might as well speak any other foreign language rather than English to even say those words because no one even know what that really means, right? So till you start breaking those barriers and say, all right, we're talking about schools, we're talking about funders, we're talking about training. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for the cybersecurity and trying to say, what are all those components? And you gave me three right for now and i think this is good enough for us to run with i'm sure if i spend two more hours <laughs> with each one of you i could unfold six or eight more of that ecosystem and through my research it was clear there's a you know like 10 to 15 components within the cybersecurity. some go all the way to 50 that can potentially be part of what is this all about but i love where you guys took it so now we could narrow it down to these pieces and you know dig a little bit deeper so my second question was going to be which is what some of the challenges but since you already addressed that Emmett I'd love to hear just a little bit back to what Wayne said about the diversity and the cybersecurity from a from a service provider from talent perspective you know what is it looking like when, when I hear 30 28 participants seven women I get excited because that's like 30 percent it's not 50 percent I understand but at least 30 percent that's pretty exciting i wonder if, what does it look like on a broader sense at least i mean yes i could pull out the report and tell you what is you know mckinsey or some of these other organizations are saying but i'd like to hear from your perspective from your experience what does it look like on the ground working with these organizations so i mean, maybe you could talk about your entrepreneurship journey how many other female or other people are in this space maybe uh, wayne talks about the education piece and maybe Terrence you could talk since you and I have worked on the global trade mission for through our work on connecting dots the nonprofit that teaches high schools entrepreneurship and and uh, technology STEM one of the one we did together Terrence was cybersecurity. maybe you could talk about the future of the workforce and some of the companies that you also work with with your interaction and as well as you Servants, some other communities as well, talking about cybersecurity. I'd love to hear some of your perspectives. I'll leave it open. Maybe we can start with Emmett this time and work. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> when you were speaking about this, it, what occurred to me was my own family. Um, I have a sister, my, my family, there are nine children. Uh, of the nine children, I'd say five of us are quants in various ways. That is quantitatively oriented thinking, what we think. One sister is a PhD in engineering, another's a master's of this or that, da, 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 da. Um, My grandchildren, I have six. I have uh, three quants in the six. Uh, one is an engineer, just graduated, started work with McKinsey. Uh, one's in high school. Uh, another grandson who's in biosciences, which is again quant. Um, not saying these things are easy, by the way. I smile at the challenges they're going on, but you should look at this also. I think we're trending in the right direction. That is more and more the diversity of the, of the sexual population and whatever ways you label the sexual population is greater today than it was when I was a kid, right? By the time you get to university, you then you begin to see things happening. But I'm really interested in what happens before the university because that determines who goes to the university. Uh, so more so like, in our own companies, we've always, always, and I'm now going back to 1979, which most of the people listening weren't born probably. We've always had a very diverse population uh, with women engineers, uh, software engineers particularly, having lead positions. Uh, I was just on a, we just reviewed a product, some technology, and I sat in on it and we had our review team. I was blown away, by the way, our team was fantastic. But one, the lead person, when it really got to some of the deep analytics, happened to have been a woman uh, who was leading that piece. So we don't, uh, we're looking for people who can fill these important slots. And we're finding um, more diverse. Is there enough, you know, the, the classic answer, of course, is not, not enough in at the beginning of the pot, they don't end at the end. But it's a different mapping. And I think we need to get that mapping communicated and get some of those people on video things like we're doing here to be able to communicate at the middle school level. So that, because I think that's where it really begins to happen at the middle school level when people begin to trend. I like math, I don't like math, I like gaming, I don't like gaming. Because the new tools we have, what we can do with gaming to map the brain in terms of neuron mapping, right? Processes is so rich. Now we just need to find the right kinds of games, Wayne, that's going to optimize that, that's going to lead to the next step. Um, right. Answering maybe as, as direct as you'd like, A, the brains are, 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 are not identical, but they map overlap with technology and quantitative stuff equally in large measure, sometimes deeper because the level I taught at university. I taught at Northwestern a thousand years ago. And in those days, what I found, young women coming into college had a greater attention to detail, right? You teach you, what do you see? Attention to detail, uh, commitment yeah. to the work, not <clears throat> so readily by other things. 
mostly being biochemical, but not as distracted, right? So the performance, whoo, on those early years, the key is doing things to keep them involved in the process, in the learning process. And that is bridging, uh, bridging over into some of the, t- the, the, and you see more of this now. The world has changed so dramatically because women play so many of the games, period, in life today. And so that enrichment is going to lead into our cyber protection arena with more diversity. That's a long way to say that the diversity patterns are growing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, diversity, women, of course, is one aspect, because, of course, colors could be another, all kinds of ethnicity, uh, you you know, income level backgrounds, education level, there are all kinds of really diversity we could look at. Family support. uh, Family support, all those things, right? And when you say, I was shocked, I when you said six grandkids, because I thought you're going to say you're like 25, 30 year old guy. So you must, uh, the cybersecurity must have treated you. (laughs) You might either messed yourself up here or I'm not sure (laughs) that it's pretty good genes, maybe. Uh, You're seeing a hologram. This is a hologram. (laughs) Okay, that's right. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, you know, to, to like, kick off from what he was saying, as far as the, you know, in my in my world, in the education world, the perception and availability and opportunity is usually the issues mm-hmm. um, for girls to be in my program to uh, get you know reach the advanced levels and do some of the things that we do in the two years. Um, it's usually um, they get in, and it be and it becomes a uh, a competition. Um, I think they get the idea of that they're not supposed to be there. They're not supposed to like this kind of stuff. Um, or they can't compete with the male population, which is exactly what you said as far as the attention to detail, the work ethic and all that mm-hmm. is way better with my girls than it is my guys. So definitely uh, <clears throat> once you have reached the idea of being in a program like cybersecurity or um, creating yourself as a professional in the IT world, it's it's turns into a competitive deal, um, for sure. Um, I, I, for lack of a better term, uh, most of the girls in my room have a chip on their shoulder, like, yeah, I can I can do this better than you, and that's kind of how they treat the guys, kind of like, yeah, we can do this. Uh, yeah. This is not uh, not not just for you. Now, as far as the opportunity is concerned, like. You know, what I see in Michigan, um, you know, I, I can only speak for Michigan. I, I'm guessing all of middle schools like this um, are adult population um, between parents and teachers at that level are not even directing IT towards the girls. Mm. Like it's kind of like a old school mentality, like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to like that or, you're, you know, you don't need to do that type of type of issue because a lot of the girls that come to me flat out will tell me, we weren't even given the opportunity to do X, Y, Z at the middle school level. And most of, most of them can't tell you why, but you know, I can, I can read the writing on the wall. And I've talked to hundreds of middle school instructors over the years that you get the sense of feeling the same way. Um, So in that aspect, that's for the male, female population issues Mm -hmm. that could help tremendously. The more we introduce I know the group that I'm with, with mice, we, we introduce cybersecurity from, from K all the way up to 12. And we did a number of things with middle schoolers last year that really, you know, you turn on light bulbs and brains of how cybersecurity works and how you can be involved in this IT world and 
most of the girls in over the last couple of years have been like, we didn't even know this existed. We want to do this. You know, we're all in. How can we get involved? Um, so it's, it's working on a smaller scale, but we need to definitely vamp that up. Um, one of the other things that we do with MICE2 is we've created all these um, academies and stuff. We run a learning management system that has all the cybersecurity courses. It uh, prepares you for 13 different CompTIA certifications, which is now in like 70 different schools in Michigan. One of our biggest issues and that we're trying to uh, wrap our head around the last few years is to get Detroit involved. Detroit Public Schools has 22 different um, school districts and currently three or four have cybersecurity classes at all. Mm. The rest of them do not have them at all. So opportunity to us, to me, is a big issue. Like as far as the inner city is concerned, these kids don't even have the opportunity to take some of these courses. Well, right, thank you so much. That's very insightful. I'm not sure if you want to say anything or not. Uh, yeah, I just had a couple quick things that I wanted to say to kind of touch on what um, both Emmett and Wayne said. So um, two things. So in terms of education, you know, one of the things we need to really wrap our minds around in terms of the industry and we need um, education to um, help with this or the academy is that there's this general cybersecurity education, right, that everybody needs because cybersecurity is everybody's business. And then where Wayne and I sit a lot is career readiness focused cybersecurity education, CTE, the certifications and all that kind of stuff and not understanding that these certification exams, they're just technical standardized test right and so we already know that there are certain populations okay that have problems with standardized exams cte usually starts ninth grade so why aren't we pushing it down to at least the education piece to middle school early middle school some middle schools start at the fifth grade some middle schools start at the sixth grade if nothing more foundational certifications the ic3 everybody has to be proficient in some kind of office productivity suite so why aren't we doing mouse you know exams uh which is the office suite in the middle school okay um i love what i'm hearing competition right you know we talk let's talk esports what some folks don't know, the number one esports athlete made $14.5 million last mm -hmm. year playing video games. To go to what Emmett was saying, it's called serious games, okay? Serious games are games focused on a specific aspect. I help organizations develop cybersecurity focused video games. So rather than just Mario going through and getting coins and all that kind of stuff, He's doing cybersecurity tasks that not only help prepare folks for certifications, but are things based on real world examples. Um, the new term for serious games in cyber is, is playable um, case studies. And that's where my research is going to be focusing on for my PhD, um, my EDD. Workforce readiness. We have to get out of the, the thought that you can only prepare for cybersecurity jobs by working in IT companies and doing IT stuff. No, cybersecurity is a culture, okay, to the tune that every division within a business needs a cybersecurity team lead. 
that regularly meets with IT to figure out exactly how does my job as a janitor, how can I or how does my job, A, compromise our current posture, but B, what can I do to help maintain or harden the posture, i.e., like we've got different kind of um, bins for the material, there should be stuff that should be shredded, identified. This needs to be shredded. This needs to be pulverized. Love it. Yeah, I love that, term. So the diversity of the cybersecurity spectrum could also be huge. I mentioned this because obviously I, I, my goal is from this conversation also is to spark interest in individuals wanting to start and grow businesses in the cybersecurity. And having read the, you know, although we do have some challenges, so some of the reports I took notes on was Aspen that said, you know, 9% of cybersecurity employment are unfortunately only Black individuals and less than 4% are Hispanic. So it gives me perspective that there is a long way to go. And with what you're saying, Terrence, also could be different levels of cybersecurity. It doesn't have to be coding. It doesn't have to be programming. It could be like, is this you know, document need to be shredded or not? That's, it is part of cybersecurity, right? Those cameras wired correctly or not in the house or the office, that is part of cybersecurity. But I do know one other thing. According to TechCrunch, last year, 2021, or this year, the cybersecurity VC space, venture capital funding. So this is people who usually don't get funded or very, you know, although people like to go for that kind of money, also people, it's the hardest money to get, jumped to $11.5 billion. Uh, and to give you perspective, the year before 2020 or 2019, 4.5 billion. So almost doubled in the billions in one year. Yeah. It seems like there are lots of opportunities for, and these are investments in startups, right? It seems like lots of opportunities, not only to be employed by, you know, a cybersecurity company, but also to invent cybersecurity. And if you could teach them some of these methodologies and habits that you're discussing here, could potentially open up a whole new door to what this new startups world could look like for cybersecurity. Guys, uh, it's hard to believe, uh, you know, <laughs> we've been talking for a while and it's time for us to wrap up. It's clearly we could spend a day or two just going through your knowledge and your insights on this and appreciate you making the time for our audience in the Startup Grind uh, international community and specifically Detroit community. I'd like to maybe end up, you know, with closing remarks and maybe you could tell us from a personal and, you know, level or a business level, from a personal level or business level, what could be, you know, some of the things that you suggest for people to think about when they're thinking about cybersecurity? And we have to just try to keep it within a minute or two for each one of you so we could end up on time if you guys don't mind. So real quick, you said invent. I would say um, innovate. A lot more room for innovation than creativity, but creativity is always part of innovation. Recently, uh, I just came back from making a pitch to a group of uh, investors around our cybersecurity and uh, the room was full uh, when i talked about what we do the innovations that we bring into the marketplace etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, money follows problems if you can solve a problem money will come to you know simply put money follows problems Problem solvers get money to invest in solving problems. 
Cybersecurity represents a range of problems today. And if you can put the right solutions together, provide the right kind of innovations, there's money to be invested. Thank you, Amit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, so, you know, understanding that cybersecurity is in almost every aspect of our lives. You know, I could teach, I could spend uh, a whole semester teaching kids how to use their phone. Um, I can teach, I can spend a semester talking about cryptocurrency. Um, I have more and more students involved in that than I ever have. <laughs> and, uh, just just uh, getting involved and understanding the things that can go on in their lives. Um, I think it's one of the most important topics we have. Uh, one of the things I hear from middle schools and high schools that don't that they don't provide, um, like the CTU aspect of it, uh, is that they don't have an, they don't have the time to teach cybersecurity. And one of the things I I would stand on a soapbox and tell them, you better make time because this is the most important thing going on in our lives. It's not math. It's not history. Okay? It's not English. Uh, being safe in the cyber world is huge. Thank you, Wayne. That's all. So um, COVID, right? So because of the COVID era, we have now telework or aspects of telework and cybersecurity have been permanently cemented in every field of human endeavor. So much so that I'm working with the National Institute of Standards and Technology, as well as the National Cyber Watch Center to really figure out what does innovation, what does entrepreneurship look like in this space using research, right? So all of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, the quintessential STEM career, is what we're talking about right now, IT and cyber. It's in everything. There are so many opportunities to do cybersecurity with respect to products and services from helping HR redesign what work roles look like using something like the workforce, cybersecurity workforce framework, which NIST has, all the way to technical stuff. Where the real where the real nugget though is because they're saying human factors are the culprit for 60, 70 percent of the breaches that we're saying seeing now going back to culture. Any kind of soft services that help businesses truly understand that cybersecurity is everybody's business and helps organizations develop toolkits, you know, a Batman utility belt for them. Understanding that cybersecurity is not a destination. It's a process. You know, we're dimming. Remember dimming? We talked about dimming and all that. With cybersecurity is that same thing. It's a process. Sig Sigma is all in that. Black belts need to be all in that. But it needs to be evidence-based, okay? But because the immaturity of the field, it needs practice needs to inform research as opposed to other fields where research informs practice. Definitely a whole field. And I mean, even in terms of researchers, if you want to be a researcher in cybersecurity, 
We're not talking about that. We 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 need those tenured faculty at these staunch research at U of M, Northwestern, Michigan State. You know, figuring out what those tools look like for integrating education at that level, which is probably co-curriculars, because it doesn't require faculty to do a whole lot of stuff, a lot of changes. Thank you for this opportunity, gentlemen. I look forward to um, networking with you offline. Uh, Mr. Emmett, let me be one of the first to say thank you. I mean, I started my career at 83 with an Atari 800 XL and a paper route. And mm. I programmed back then what will be a crude version of QuickBooks today. I'm originally from Flint, Michigan as well. So EDS mm. and, and all, of, all of your work is very real for me. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Thank you all, all for being here. Clearly, you know, from education and hours, so people went to your point, math and English and all those things is not, a, you know, this or that is really comp complement each other. Because if you don't know math, you're not going to know cyber. If you don't know how to speak, you're not going to know cyber, right? So all of those things are part of the equation to understanding that it's all, nothing is taken away from anything. It's really just an add-on. And I know for the educators listening, you're like, one more thing to do. Well, the reality is just is how the new life is. One more thing to do. And to Terrence's yeah. point, we all live now, I also people, I only know people uh, two by twos two inches by two inches because there's squares on my screens. That's all I know. <laughs> Occasionally I see real people that have multiple dimensions, but otherwise you're, if you're more than two by two, I'm always surprised. I'm like, Oh, you have, you're taller than two by two <laughs> and you move. And Emmett with your insights about, you know, where this could all go right now, if I can control cars and, or, or have them now that the cars are all automated and internet of things. Now I can have them driving to each other or, or driving safely either way can be all utilized based on all this knowledge. I want yeah. to say thank you to all three of you. I appreciate all your insights. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you making the time, of course, and I appreciate your commitment to cybersecurity for all of us. Thanks a million. All right, thank you. Good job, gentlemen. Enjoy being with you. Likewise, enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs>